It's now time for Let's Talk with Smitty on WSBS and on the free WSBS app. Good morning, everybody. This is Smitty. That means it's Monday, a beautiful Monday in the Berkshires. And uh, welcome back to another edition of Let's Talk with Smitty. Got a great show today. I'm very excited to have a, a good friend of mine, a former state representative, current state senator, and candidate for state auditor, uh, Diana DeZaglio. Diana, thanks for joining us this morning. Hey, Smitty, great to be here. Excuse me, Rep Smitty, great to be here with you on this beautiful uh, Monday morning. Thank you for having me. We've known each other a long time, and you know it's just Smitty, so don't worry about that. But how you been doing? I I heard you were quite a singer at the uh, annual St. Patrick's Day breakfast yesterday. Uh, Well, thank you. I'm not quitting my day job just yet. Uh, but at least it's good to know I have a fallback career just in case this uh, whole thing doesn't work out, and uh, maybe could come out to the come out to the Berkshires and sing a couple of uh, duets with you if you're interested. It, it'll be a one night show, that's for sure. But uh, I appreciate you taking yeah. the time to jo- to join us today, and I I know you've been you've been working hard crisscrossing the state, and uh, I just wanted you know introduce you to you know, this station covers all of my district, and I think it's as you know the largest district in the House of Representatives, and it's a good opportunity for you to introduce yourself to. Uh, to my part of the world, uh, but tell our listeners something about a little about about yourself, your background, and you know what life experiences have you uh, encountered that kind of pulled you towards public service. Yeah, so I mean, look, my story um, is a story of many working families across Massachusetts. I was born in a working class family. Uh, my mom was actually 17 years old when she had me, and I grew up housing insecure. We moved around quite a bit when I was a kid, and. Uh, greater Lawrence area uh, up in the Merrimack Valley. And, um, you know, I I waitressed and I I cleaned houses to make my way through our local community college. Uh, And from there, I earned scholarships to become the first in my family to graduate. Uh, I, you know, worked from there at various nonprofits in my community, uh, mostly youth-centered, and uh, served in my community in that way. And uh, from there, I ended up getting uh, offered a job at the House of Representatives, where I was able to learn about all of the great things that our state legislature can do, uh, from investing in early education and care, to public education and public higher education, to fighting against climate change, uh, to fighting for social justice. And I learned about all the great things that that Beacon Hill can do. But um, as you know, Representative, I also, during that very short time on Beacon Hill, learned about the flip side of how state government can operate when there's no accountability. Uh, I was harassed when I was a legislative aide, uh, subsequently uh, required to sign a non-disclosure agreement that was taxpayer-funded. Um, subsequently, after that, ran for office, broke that non-disclosure agreement, and have been uh, taking on the establishment ever since on matters of transparency and accountability, fighting for working families across our communities who may have also have been dismissed or ignored or disenfranchised by a system in state government that can be working uh, a lot better than it than it currently has for for all families in Massachusetts, regardless of our family background, our bank balance, or our zip code, which I know is especially important to Western Mass uh, when it comes to concerns of regional equity. Um, which is why I'm so grateful to be on the show with you uh, this morning, Rep. Smitty, because I know that you've been fighting for regional equity through your years in the legislature, and that's something that I've done alongside of you, and that I look to bring to my work in the state auditor's office 
uh, hopefully at some point next year. What uh, Just briefly explain what for our listeners, these NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, explain to people what those are. And you know, we, don't, we don't need to get into the details of your per- personal situation, but NDAs are kind of becoming more of the norm, unfortunately. But explain to folks what those are. Yeah, yeah. And I'm fine with sharing my personal circumstances. You know, I've shared it many times in an attempt to help other survivors. Um, you know, look, I was sexually harassed when I was a younger woman in my 20s. This was many years ago, uh, obviously. I'm no longer uh, in my <laughs> 20s. But uh, what I will say is, is look, these are things that have been uh, sort of painted at, and, and as being normal. They've been normalized, unfortunately. And we know we've learned through the Me Too movement, where the Harvey Weinstein cases happened, the Larry Nasser cases happened, the Steve Wynn cases happened, where we found out uh, through courageous women like Gretchen Carlson that, that these agreements that were really made just to protect trade secrets um, and proprietary information instead have been abused to silence victims of sexual assault, sexual harassment, sexual abuse. Um, and, and that doesn't just stop there. These are used to cover up all sorts of discrimination and harassment based on, you know, um, being a member of the LGBTQ community, being a member of the BIPOC community, having a disability, whatever it may be. And unfortunately, you know, we found out several years ago, uh, you know, when when I stood up and broke my nondisclosure agreement, that our state government is actually using our tax dollars to silence victims of all sorts of these abuses. And this is happening, um, you know, everywhere from at the state house to various state agencies across the Commonwealth. Now, we've been very, very blessed to have passed some reforms on these things. But, you know, we, we do have an administration that continues to dig their heels in on being able to abuse these agreements uh, through the use of your tax dollars to silence victims and protect perpetrators. Now, we were able to get some meaningful reforms done in the most recent police accountability bill that we all passed uh, in both the House of Representatives and the Senate that was subsequently signed into law that does uh, prevent these NDAs from being used in cases of police brutality. That was actually a provision that I had fought for, that I had, um, you know, uh, luckily with the support of all of you as my colleagues, gotten into that bill. And I'm so grateful for that support. But we have a lot more work to do on this issue. But because the bill that I've been filing has continued to stall um, you know, in various ways through the years, as you all know, Rep. Smitty, things get caught up in conference committee quite often or sent to study quite often. I've committed as state auditor to investigating and auditing every state agency to find out just how much in our tax dollars has been abused on silencing victims and protecting perpetrators using our tax dollars. And that will be something that I will do uh, the first few days in office. I'll get started with that. We're here with uh, uh, State Senator Diana DiZaglio, a, a former rep, current state senator, of, effective in both chambers. Um, I just have to ask you, Diana, th- that there's a lot of dominoes, a lot of moving parts uh, today with the governor, lieutenant governor, not running for re-election, the attorney general running for governor, senator, colleagues of yours in the Senate running for lieutenant governor, a lot of moving pieces here. Why the auditor? And and I have to full disclosure, I, I knew Joe Danucci years ago, but it wasn't until Suzanne Bump became auditor, you know, was that almost 12 years ago now, it seems, and she had a house in the Berkshires, that we started to understand the power of the auditor's office. But I'll ask you as, as a, uh, a real dynamic personality and a very effective legislator, why state auditor when all these other positions were open as well? Well, uh, you know, we've gotten to know each other through the years, and um, I've gotten to know a lot of folks uh, across the board in Massachusetts through my work on transparency, accountability, 
and equity. I've fought for things like public records reform, uh, fought to make sure that, again, there's transparency regarding the use of our tax dollars and provisions, you know, such, such as, you know, how these NDAs are used. Uh, but I've also been fighting for, for equity, Rep. Smitty, and we know that, you know, the Merrimack Valley is also uh, not considered to be the center of the universe here in Massachusetts, much like Western Mass. That's <laughs> why we've supported a lot of similar uh, pieces of legislation. That's why I'm a co-sponsor um, of your, you know, most recent letter regarding regional uh, equity uh, that you actually drafted based on Auditor Bump's report on how uh, Western Mass uh, has been getting the shaft, so to speak, regarding funding for things like transportation, infrastructure, you know, how we need access to broadband across the board and not just in the places of power here in Massachusetts. And, you know, we have, we have come to a similar position on those things as we have represented similar uh, areas, not the same, of course, but just, you know, had similar challenges with regional school districts and what have you. Uh, you know, look, as state auditor, I will be able to go into those books line by line and make transparent where these disparities exist, where these inequities exist, and continue to shine a light on those areas where there are inequities so that we can continue to work together to fill those gaps. Auditor Bump was a state representative uh, before she became the auditor. I believe that every state auditor actually was a state legislator before they uh, ran and won the state auditor's seat. And I think that that's really important because the reality is is that going line by line in that state budget you learn where all the bodies are buried, right, Rep? <laughs> and uh, I, am I, am, uh, I am looking forward to hopefully getting to, again, shine a light in the darker areas of our state government to make sure that when those gaps are identified, I can use my experience of having served for 10 years now in the state legislature, going line by line in that state budget to highlight the inequities and to work hard alongside of reps like you to fill those gaps. And I'll have the subpoena authority to be able to do that. As you as you crisscross the state, I mean, on a map, as you know, it, the, Massachusetts doesn't look like that big of a state until you start driving from one end to the other, and you've been doing a lot of that uh, throughout this campaign. Are there any um, common themes that you're hearing from the constituencies, from the Berkshires to Barnstable and everywhere in between, of the areas of concern that people share despite their you know, geographic location, and how can the auditor's office help change someone's daily life? Yeah, folks want a seat at the table, Representative. Um, you know, no matter where we go, folks want a seat at the table. They want the ability to be able to have access to opportunity and to be able to have their voice count. We know that there are going to be differences of opinion, right? I mean, if there's anything that we've learned through the years, it's that there are a lot of different opinions uh, that, that, are, that are raised, you know, during these debates and, you know, at times when some of the more controversial issues will come up. But what I've learned across the board here in Massachusetts is that folks want a fair shot. They want a seat at the table. They want access. And right now, unfortunately, on Beacon Hill, it's becoming more and more challenging to be able to get that access. So as state auditor, you know, I've committed to, like I have as a state senator, fighting for things like public records reforms, you know, uh, co-sponsoring legislation to make us subject to the public records law, making sure that you know, we have uh, more openness and transparency in the state legislature and in the administration uh, so that folks know what we're actually taking up in the legislature so that they know what's actually happening. Uh, right now, a lot of folks say, you know, they, they, they learn about things after they're already done and they feel like 
uh, you know, things are being done under this cloak of darkness, so to speak. We can do better here in Massachusetts. We are ranked as the least transparent state government in the entire nation as it stands. And, you know, that's, that's something that, that, that really is unacceptable. We, we need to do better here in Massachusetts. So, so that's a consistent theme that I hear is that folks want more transparency. They want more accountability and they want access. And as much as, you know, legislators do their best to, to give that type of access by calling people back right away, by responding to emails, there are a lot of different things that we can do in state government regarding these processes and procedures uh, to make it so that folks can just do simple things like go online to get access to information um, and have that readily available without having to contact us, right? So we have a lot of work to do in updating technology and updating processes and procedures in state government, again, to give folks access. That way they can advocate for their cause of concern, whether it be environmental justice, whether it be racial justice, whether, whether it be, you know, uh, gender justice or so on and so forth. Folks are able to actually have access to information and contact us. Um, our guest today is, is State Senator Diana DiZaglio, a, a former colleague of mine in the House, uh, been been together for quite some time. You know, the state auditor's position is, is one of our constitutional officers, and with so much federal dollars who have come into the state and will continue to come into the state uh, through the federal stimulus, the auditor's role is going to be critically important. How how do you foresee the next two or three or four years? Um, if, if you're taking the oath of office in early January of 2023 after a successful election, what do you feel are some of the biggest priorities and challenges that the Commonwealth faces entirely? Yes, well, uh, you know, first and foremost, let me just talk about that ARPA, uh, those ARPA funds that you just discussed. So I had actually co-sponsored an amendment to the ARPA bill that we all uh, voted to pass. Uh, you know, it was several billion dollars, as we remember, and those funds are going to be disseminated across our communities, uh, you know, and it, hopefully in the way uh, that we legislated, in the way that the legislation speaks to. Uh, and that amendment that was included will promote uh, the, uh, you know, uh, necessity to report in real time as much as possible how those funds are being spent so that we can all get access to them to that information and make sure that they're being spent in an effective and accountable manner. Uh, as state auditor, I will uh, work to oversee uh, that uh, real-time reporting that is supposed to be happening. I will also work to oversee the spending across the board to make sure that there is accountability by, again, the state agencies, various nonprofits, uh, and, uh, you know, whoever else has gotten access to those funds to make sure that they're being spent accountably and in a transparent fashion and, uh, you know, in sync with the way that we had passed the legislation. I think that, you know, that is something that is going to be one of the top priorities, the initial days of office. But I also, Rep. Smitty, have my social justice and equity audit plan that I've put up on my website. You can go to www.dianaforma.com. That's D-I-A-N-A-F-O-R-M-A. Dot com and take a look at my audit plan in which I lay out my plans for the office, uh, you know, within the first however many days of taking office, the things that I hope to get started with that look to audit uh, things going ranging from, you know, it's a very comprehensive plan, looking at everything from early education and care, where we know that there uh, is an investigation currently ongoing by the inspector general, unfortunately, looking at everything from early education and care to environmental justice, auditing the mass saves program, reporting on that and whatever authority the office has. Uh, we know that the mass saves program, according to some studies, has 
not been necessarily equitable in terms of redistribution of the funds that they are collecting from ratepayers across the board. Uh, and our underserved communities are actually uh, putting funds into a system that's potentially taking funds away from our lowest income and uh, funneling it to some of the wealthier, more affluent households. So I want to do a report on the Mass Saves program, make sure that we actually are contributing to environmental justice the way uh, that we've committed to. And then also looks at things like diversity in state contracting. There have been numerous reports. Uh, GBH actually did a great report talking about the racial disparities and the gender disparities that exist in state contracting, uh, showing that it is an extremely small percentile of minority-owned uh, small businesses that are actually getting access to state contracting opportunities, even in the form of being a sub-vendor. Uh, that's unacceptable. We can do better here in Massachusetts. Uh, and then goes to all the way to looking at housing opportunities in the Commonwealth. You know, when I was growing up, like I said, we were housing insecure, but that was due to my own family circumstances back then. What you have now happening is that you have households where there are multiple incomes coming in, there are multiple jobs being held, folks are working around the clock, and they're still unable to live with a standard of dignity in the communities that they're working in. That's unacceptable. We need to do better. So I have an audit plan as well that seeks to look at housing in the Commonwealth, see where we're spending funds, where we can better be spending funds, look at programs like the Mass Works program, look at our CDBG funding opportunities, look at the RAFT program, uh, and, and make sure that we're spending funds equitably and that uh, those are being distributed in a fashion that's actually helping folks to obtain housing. Uh, because right now we know we continue to be in a housing crisis. Yep. Uh, for folks who are listening who want to learn more, you've you've just given your website. I want you to give it again. But for who want to learn more about your campaign or get involved with your campaign, what kind of things are you looking for, and um, how, how can where, where's the best place to have people directed towards? Is it website? Yeah, great, great. Yes. Yeah, so it's www.diana4ma.com. Again, that's D-I-A-N-A-F-O-R-M-A.com. Please uh, check out my website. Uh, what we need help with, Rep. Committee, right now is collecting signatures. Uh, we well know as legislators already, uh, even just having to grab, you know, 150 or 300 signatures uh, has been quite challenging during, uh, you, know, the, you know, during this pandemic. And it was especially challenging during the shutdown. It's gotten a little bit better. But now running for statewide office, uh, we're required to get 5,000 signatures. So, uh, if anyone wants to get involved in the campaign, please do check out my website, sign up to volunteer. We could use your help getting on the ballot. That's what's required just to get on the ballot to be able to be a candidate. I'd love the opportunity to be able to be on the ballot uh, this fall, but I can't do so without your support. So, again, please visit the website if you'd like to make a contribution. Obviously, that would be welcome as well, or volunteering in any capacity. But first and foremost, I just want to say thank you to everybody for giving me the opportunity uh, to share my story with you, to share why I'm running for state auditor. And thanks, Rep. Smitty, for the opportunity to be on here today. I do respectfully, if you're listening today, ask for your support, ask for your vote. I can't do this without you. Um, and thanks so much for having me on today. Again, Diana DeZoglio, state senator, candidate for state auditor. And i, and I got to ask you one last question in our last couple of minutes. I asked this of all my guests. I've been doing this for 11-plus years. Sure. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Laugh at yourself more often. <laughs> <laughs>
Love of yourself more often. Well, uh, don't take it too, too seriously. Uh, you know, we're all in this together, and uh, it is the journey that counts and not the destination. Well, well so said. Thank you so much. Well, well said. And, I, <laughs> Diane, I appreciate you taking the time to join us. And uh, I, f feel free to give me a call, uh, you know, in the next few months as things are starting to shape up. We'd love to have you come back on. Well, thank you so much, Rep. Committee. It's great to be here with you all today again. Uh, Diana DiZoglio, State Senator, candidate for State Auditor. Take care, everyone. Have a great day. Enjoy the sunshine. Thanks, Diana. We'll see you soon. Okay, bye-bye. And, and thank you, Ron, for pushing all the right buttons, keeping us on the air. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week with another great show. Until then, be well, be safe, have fun, be happy. Let's take care of one another, folks. Let's all be Berkshire on this beautiful day.